0: Hello and welcome to episode three of uh, To Moon or Margate. Uh, So where are we heading with all of this crypto stuff? Uh, There has been a huge gap between uh, me uh, testing doing a podcast with episode one and two where I kind of just rambled quite a bit and um, now because I realized that when I started talking about it uh, people were asking me but okay I want to do it but how do I do it and uh, depending on how I do it what options do I want so do I want to um, you know do I just want to have a little bit of schmuck insurance and buy some of the big coins or do I actually want to go and buy something um, a bit smaller to invest in for the longer term or do I actually want to get into trading so I started having a wash of these questions and the challenge that I saw was lots of people were doing training but charging quite a lot from it you know like from like 500 to 2000 dollars um, so I've actually taken a little bit of time and put together a free course, uh, which I've put the link in the, um, in the podcast uh, for you to come and access, which is how I trade, what I use, how I get money in, how I'm going to get money how different trading tactics, and it's all completely free. Uh, so there's no hook, there's no sell-ups, it's just this is how I do it. So um, I'd now like to start with episode three of this podcast, uh, and I want to talk to you about uh, why I feel uh, crypto and blockchains and beyond the blockchains are the future. So let's get to it. World of cryptocurrencies and blockchains and beyond the blockchain. Uh, I want to talk to you a bit about why we feel this is important, um, why I think that this is uh, a sensible hedge investment at the moment, uh, and also why I think ultimately um, uh, blockchains and that type of technology uh, is going to effectively launch the new wave of the internet. I mean, think about this. So um, if we wind back uh, like... Uh, you know, 16 years ago where the internet was just kind of starting, almost every single um, issue um, or every single negative piece of uh, information that people would throw at uh, cryptocurrency today or crypto today is exactly what we heard, uh, you know, back then with the internet. It was a scary thing. And what the internet has done is it's completely revolutionized the speed of communications. Um, both how that impacts consumers, you know, so how you shop, the ability to, you know, have Amazon on your phone, you buy something and it ships the next day and you don't even have to think about it, you know, and you've crowdsourced reviews from different people and, you know, you book a holiday so you go on TripAdvisor because you want to see how other people have reviewed that holiday but then it presents to you the best deal so you can then, you know, uh, uh, go and pay for it. So, The internet has changed both the way consumers work, but also the way businesses work. So B2B has been revolutionized by internet. So the fact that we can send contracts now, we can do bids, we can communicate with customers instantaneously. So, you know, beyond email into live chat. So all of this stuff has been enabled by this technology, which was uh, the internet. And the next revolution is coming from crypto and blockchain. So what we can't do is put crypto and blockchain into one box and say, this is what it is. Cause that'd be like saying, what is the internet, right? The internet is about speed of communication. That's what it's done for us. Blockchains are about speed of transactions and contracts uh, and what they're gonna do for us too. So think of it like this financial and contract layer on top of the internet, but there's so many different applications for it. So I'm not gonna be remotely political uh, in this video, but there are people that wanna get into crypto because They don't trust their government because their government every day prints more pounds or prints more dollars or prints more euros or at the whim of the central banks. You know, if you just think about the Lehman Brothers crash back in 2008, since that point, over 100 trillion dollars of extra currency has been printed and put back in circulation to keep liquidity going. Now, the net impact of that, of course, has been a devaluation of your currency. So some people think crypto and gold has gone up some people think actually crypto and gold has pretty much stayed where it was and the value of your fiat currency, so the pounds and notes you have, has actually dropped. So there is a little bit of a political movement around cryptocurrency of people that just don't trust the government and want something that's a different you know, uh, uh, type of transacting, a way that they can control it. But I don't think that's where the mass movement's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a protest uh, coin. I think this is genuinely about how businesses are going to deploy the technology. So You'll see in the background, I've opened up CoinMarketCap and you can see like any particular day, we can tell what the market cap is and it's quite a long way from the all time high. And we'll talk about that during uh, the course of these videos. Excuse me a second. But a big part of why I wanted to put this up is just as a guide for me to help say, look at the different types of projects that are around. So CoinMarketCap must have about 1900 projects on there. And they're not all trying to do the same thing. So this is my point. So I just want to give you an overview, an introduction of the different types of crypto projects. I'm not going to cover them all. I promise you that there's a million videos. So if you've got something interesting, do your own research, get onto Reddit, get into Telegram, be part of the community, listen to what they're doing. Go and look at the, who's the, who the team are, go research those, look at the tokenomics, what are the, how's that working, you know, and, and really try and crowdsource opinion like you would do if you were buying something on Amazon or, or buying something on, uh, uh, you know, going on holiday with TripAdvisor. But what I want to do is kind of put these coins into, let's say, three categories, just to help you get your brain around it. So so if I explain this to any friends, this is how I explain it. So I say there are three different types of cryptocurrency buckets that you then put all the different uh, names for them in. One, so bucket number one, store of value. So this is where you want to buy a cryptocurrency and treat it like money. So... That now means that we are exchanging pounds or dollars or euros or gold for a crypto that we think is gonna hold its value better or it's gonna increase. Some of the advantages of cryptocurrency for a store of value is that um, there's limited supply. So there's 20, 27 million Bitcoins. There's only ever going to be 27 million Bitcoins. You know, so it's not like pounds and dollars where more get thrown into circulation every year, which the bank's called quantitative easing. And I said I wasn't going to get political, so that's the last time I'm going to mention that. So store value coins are people, you know, are used by people who think, I want to put some money there, you know, as some schmuck insurance, because we well, you know there's only going to be so many of that. A little bit like gold, right? You know, or precious... Uh, um, um, Uh, gems or something, you know, there's only so many lying around that we can pick up and then as they get deeper in the ground, we have to go mining for them, you know, and and they become more expensive to find and the value goes up as we do that and the the resources become more scarce. So that's very similar to the terminology around how Bitcoin happens, right? So in that store of value, you have a range of coins that can be used for store of value. So they do have these benefits. The other one is speed of transaction uh, and cost of transaction. So So, you know, Bitcoin is not cheap to send because there's a whole mining community that's powering Bitcoin, just like if you were to take a gold bar down the high street, it's not necessarily the most sensible thing to pay for. So there are lots of other store of value coins that try and play in a slightly different way to Bitcoin, whether that's speed and lower transaction fee, or whether that is uh, privacy as a good example. So you can, if you want to be completely anonymous and private, there are coins like Monero that will be... Allow you to have private transactions that nobody can see and aren't visible. There's also privacy coins that are trying to get going, like lower ones, you know, um, like Verge and uh, which is XVG and things like that. Or you've got coins that want to be transaction free and very quick, like Nano. So, and I'll I'll go down coin market cap in a minute and show you some examples. But back to my point. Um, Bucket number one: um, cryptocurrencies as a store of value. So you're putting. Fiat currency, so pounds, dollars, euros, yens, whatever it is, into something uh, has as a hedge. I want to store some in that, and I think because of the limited amount, as more people use it, the value will go up. Right. So that's category number one. The second one is people are um, launching blockchains, uh, which are so Bitcoin has its own blockchain. Uh, So people are launching blockchains that enable a pathway for people to run applications on. So this isn't a token as a store of value, this is a launch of a platform for people to run applications on. So think of, um, if you wanted to launch an app today, you could go to Apple and put it in the Apple Store, uh, and obviously you pay for that. If you're running a a cloud-based app, like a SaaS app or something like that, you could go to Amazon Web Services, like AWS or IBM Softlayer or something like that, Uh, or you could build your own server farm. what these, what the uh, blockchain companies are trying to do is create decentralized ecosystems, so decentralized service. So like Amazon Web Services or uh, IBM software, but without Amazon uh, 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 and without IBM uh, holding the data for you. So that data is stored across blocks on the chain and the chain is powered by all of the users. So in that case, it isn't just about here's a blockchain. What they've got to do is invent a currency that can pay for all of these transactions. So think of it like petrol, right? So this is, so actually in a lot of cases, people refer to this as gas because one of the big blockchains actually has a secondary token called gas and that's what's used to pay for the transactions. So of course, if I'm sending something from A to B and I've got to power computers in the background, even though they're decentralized, the people that are running those computers are going to want to do something with it. You know, you're going to want to get paid for that power. So in that sense, all of these blockchains have a, you know, either a secondary currency or they might have inflation or something that's uh, generating tokens um, that power the blockchain. A really good example of that and the first mover uh, example for that was called Ethereum. So people invest in Ethereum because Ethereum is something that people run applications on. So most of the token projects that we'll go through in a second, which is my third bucket, most of the token projects in CoinMarketCap um, are um, uh, running on Ethereum. Uh, They have First Mover Advantage. It's the biggest. It has the most devs. Now, it's not the only one, and I'll give some other examples in a moment, but Ethereum is the main one in terms of volumes at the moment of applications running on them and the applications are called DApps rather than apps because they're decentralized apps. So instead of running on one computer with some server, because as we know now, uh, the cloud isn't some magic thing in the sky, the cloud is basically somebody else's computer. So if you're running your applications in the cloud, it's basically somebody else's computer. So the choice here is do i run my application on lots of computers in a decentralized immutable secure way you know for speed and low cost or do i go to a big corporate and say can i host my applications in your environment and please look after it and please look after my users and please don't scan their you know communications and please you know so so there's you know there's obvious advantage to go with a decentralized application so bucket number 1 store of value bucket number 2 It's a blockchain token, which is going to facilitate the movement of the applications on that. So for every single transaction, for every time a coin gets moved from one wallet to another, there is a small tax or a gas fee uh, for that happening. So as people are building applications on products like Ethereum to send those tokens somewhere else, you pay for that sending with a little bit of Ethereum. And it's pennies. But of course, we're talking about the whole world running on these applications. So the, the volume is very high. There are competitors to Ethereum, um, and again, they don't try and replicate in most cases. They try and do something different, either for a different audience or with a different point of view. So, you know, one that's been going through uh, a very year-long Dutch auction ICO has been EOS. Um, EOS's proposition is to be transaction-free. So where you have to pay for a transaction on Ethereum, EOS is actually transaction-free. And the way they do that is that coin is actually inflationary. So, In theory, all of the coin holders are paying for the money through a little bit of inflation to the people, um, the masternodes that are running uh, the blockchain. Some of the blockchains are very specific for tasks, particularly things like IoT and stuff like that. Uh, So VeChain is a good example of that. You've got Tron, which uh, has their native token, which is called TRX, which is trying to go after the content providers industry. Uh, There's IOTA. There's there's all sorts of blockchains happening. So and I'll run through and I'll, I'll give you some examples of some in a moment. Also not forgetting that we are gonna be adding into this course reviews of our favorite tokens that we like, uh, so we'll go deep dive into some of these that I'm talking about here too. So back to my point, um, store of value coins, which is number one, Bitcoin, Monero, Nano, that type of stuff. Um, uh, bucket number two is a blockchain uh, with a token that facilitates the movement or the um, running of the applications in that blockchain. And then the third one, quite logically then, are the decentralized application tokens that are running on the blockchains in number two. So if I want to launch a token that does a thing, I build it on a blockchain. So I've got a choice. I can either build my own blockchain from the ground up and make it completely unique to my application, or I can run my application on an existing blockchain. So a really good example uh, could be a a brand new social media network that's launching. Um, In fact, what I'll do is I will, Load it up for you, so you can see it. So there's a brand new social media network that's launching. Uh, you can reserve your username, which is quite nice. Maybe when you're watching this video, it's live now, so you can go check it out. So uh, this is in October. It's scheduled for launch uh, in December. So this is called How Do. So this is building out, you know, um, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch in the blockchain, which means that people own their own data. Which means that you can have tipping and all that kind of stuff. Which you, you know. Um, um, you know, might be a reason why you want to move away from somebody like Facebook. Uh, uh, or if you're a content creator, why well, you might, might want to take your videos off YouTube and put them somewhere you can directly monetize. So HowDo has a token that facilitates the tipping, that facilitates the advertising, that facilitates people that want to create a gateway to pay for their content. Um, um, and you can see how it looks really pretty. So this is an application. So this is a decentralized social media application, and it will have its own token, has its own token, called the YouDo. See what they did there, how do you do? Something like that. Um, so it has its own token called the UDo. But it isn't a blockchain. It's a project, it's a decentralized application that needs to run on the blockchain. So how do uh, have built their application on a blockchain called EOS, uh, which I just mentioned. Um, I think the plan was to go initially on Ethereum but at the time there was concerns over the speed uh, and the transaction fees, and because social media is probably lots of little microtransactions, and then uh, they have decided to build that out uh, in EOS for, for their reason, you know. So let's think about those three as a bucket, okay? So we've got uh, store of value, we've got um, a blockchain um, uh, token, which facilitates the gas, uh, or the movement on the blockchain, and we've got the applications that are running on it. So one is the road, and one is the car that's running on the road. Okay, so let's just take a quick look down at CoinMarketCap and I'll try and give you some guidance as to where some of these tokens fit. So CoinMarketCap is a brilliant resource. Um, uh, It's uh, um, it's hilarious um, in terms of uh, the emotion that can be put behind the daily moves. So, you know, you need to if you're an investor, you need to not be checking it every five minutes uh, because these things swing quite a lot and actually news drive the market crazy so you know i'll refer to some of the stats too and a little bit about how to use a uh, coin market cap as well so let's start at the top okay and i'll just go through some of the main ones so you can get a feeling as to how to apply um um my uh, uh three buckets to to the coins so number one in terms of um coin market cap which has a market cap of 1.44 billion um, which you can see is you know, 52% of the total today, which is at 219 billion, uh, is Bitcoin. So the market cap is essentially the circulating supply multiplied by the price. Um, So if I have 100 tokens and they're all one cent, then my market cap is $1. So the capitalization. Now, what that doesn't mean, and this is where a lot of people get wrong, it doesn't mean that there's been 114 billion spent in Bitcoin. What it means is at today's value, the total, market cap is 114 billion there's not been 114 billion put into bitcoin so sometimes when people look at the market cap they think that's what's invested that's not true because a lot of people bought bitcoin a lot cheaper yes some may have bought it a bit more expensive but you know the market capitalization is the value at any point in time of the sale price of everything now of course, if everybody tried to sell out, then the, the prices would crash right down. So you couldn't even raise $220 billion if you wanted to by selling everything at today's prices. It's just a snapshot of if I wanted to sell a bit of it today, because of course, you don't have to have a Bitcoin, thank God, because they're $6,600. You know, you can have up to a hundred thousandth of a Bitcoin, and that's called a Satoshi. That just means that's my that's what it's currently selling for. Um, so, you know, um, we can click into more details on this, and I'll show you in a second, but Let's just do a quick rundown. So Bitcoin, store of value, we talked about that. Ethereum Ethereum was the first blockchain to, to um, uh, launch and allow people to run applications on that. So this is, a, this is obviously a pretty solid one because as people want to launch applications, there's a lot of Ethereum you know, being passed around. So there is a decent size volume. and You can see the volume between Bitcoin and Ethereum is, is pretty high. Next, one we come down to, to XRP. So XRP is a really interesting one because XRP is a specific token for use of liquidity with banks or Forex or sending money around. So a lot of people don't really class XRP. The company that owns XRP is called Ripple. So you might have heard heard of that. A lot of people don't think of uh, XRP as a cryptocurrency per se. Uh, It's really a liquidity token. So what does that mean for me? So if I'm bank number A and I'm in Japan and, and my uh, store of value is in yen and there's a bank in London and their store of value is in pound, the old system of sending yens from Japan and then converting them to pounds is going to mean that somebody's going to do a 4x conversion on either side. So I convert it, I send it and it's all done through a system called Swift at the moment and that can take a bit of time. You know, you'll know if you've used Swift to send money from your bank account, it can take a bit of time, there's lots of steps in between, and um, that money will gets tied up for that period, and there's quite a high transaction fee. What XRP effectively does is bank number A sells 10,000 um, yen for the current market value of XRP, whatever that is, because the value is almost irrelevant in this. So they buy a load of XRP, they send the XRP on Ripple's blockchain, which is called XCurrent, goes across, um, uh, well, actually, the use of the token is called X Rapid. So you'll see some banks are using X Current, which means they're using the technology but not the token for speed. So you get a saving for a saving, sorry, for doing uh, X Current, and then you get an additional saving for using X Rapid. But I don't want to confuse you. here. So um, I've got my 10,000 yen. I take my 10,000 yen and I convert it instantly for a load of XRP coins. Those XRP coins get sent to the bank in London. They receive the XRP coins in a matter of. I think it's under three minutes guaranteed, but it's, I think it's a bit quicker than that. So they get the tokens in under three minutes, and then they immediately sell. And this is all automated. They immediately sell the tokens and then uh, sell them for pounds. So you've gone 10,000 yen to 10,000 yen's worth of pounds in under three minutes at a transaction fee of pennies rather than days and a transaction fee of 10s, 20 30s pounds. Super quick. And of course, that money in the meantime isn't tied up. So both banks are then free to go. There's no uh, hedging in the middle. There's no um, uh, factoring of money. There's no borrowing and, you know, there's, there's, you know that, that total transaction isn't tied up anywhere in this monetary system. It literally flows from one bank to the other. So you can see that banks need to send money all the time. There's trillions of transactions happening every day. So if they can do that in a much quicker way and they can save money, they're gonna do it. So Ripple's success has been signing up banks and so that's a token that does that liquidity. Now of course the minute that happens and what's interesting is there's a very high supply, but every time that transaction happens, the fee which is in XRP gets burnt from the overall supply. So in effect it's deflationary. Um so what what that means is that so I'm just going to mute that thing because people are messaging me and you might hear. So it's deflationary which means that the busier it is and the more it gets used, uh, the bigger the burn there is, so there's less t- circulating supply, which means the value goes up. So whereas I mentioned earlier EOS was an inflationary coin, uh, XRP is a deflationary coin. And of course, if it takes off, then, then that's amazing and the banks will use it. So if you bought some, then you're going to be pretty happy with your long-term investment. And a lot of this, I think you should be thinking about long-term. You know, We'll talk about trading strategies later and you can day trade and uh, you know uh, swing trade and event trade and all that kind of stuff. But if you're genuinely interested in the technology, then a lot of these you know might take two, three years until they are very mass you know mass adopted. Um, and you see crazy figures that, that people are quoting that these could go to but at the moment ripples at 48 cents so you can go into that. Bitcoin cash is a derivative of Bitcoin, which is a store of value. Uh, EOS is a blockchain as we talked about. Um, uh, Stella uh, is stellar lumens, so that's a blockchain. Uh, Litecoin is a store of value, so Litecoin is a store of value coin, um, uh, people kind of think of Litecoin as, or they describe Litecoin as digital silver uh, uh, to Bitcoin's gold, so Litecoin originally was a fork, so it was a, um, they duplicated the Bitcoin um, blockchain um, and then started to go down a different development path, so Litecoin is a bit lighter to use, it's a bit quicker, uh, and it tends to be a bit of a test bed for things. Um, so you start to see that as we go down the coins, they're doing different things. Tether is what's called a stable coin. So Tether is in here and there's a few and, you know, there's. A, I suggest you do your own research on the stable coins. But people use stable coins to trade off. So instead of taking money back out to the pound or dollar when they're trading, they trade between the stable coin. Because the theory is the stable coin should always try and stay at about, you know, I guess what it's trying to stable. So, some most stable coins are pegged to the dollar. So it would be like so. This one here, Tether, is against the dollar. There's one which is against gold. So 100 grams of gold. No, sorry, one gram of gold. So you know you can you can um, trade in between those currencies. So if you're trying to increase um, your value in dollar sense, you can be sat trading Bitcoin against Tether. You know as as you go through, and we'll go through that with the trading strategies. Um, we come down here, Cardano, that's a blockchain, Monero, as we've mentioned earlier, that's a a security coin, Uh, Tron is a um, uh, blockchain project, IOTA is a blockchain, but it's slightly different, it's called Tangle. So, you know, I'm not going to read every single one, but I just wanted to show you that um, there are a lot as we scroll down, you know, and there's a couple of things I just wanted to say first, uh, before we close, don't say first, a couple of things I want to say before we close, sorry, and that is, Here, really, we are looking at the future. Now, what we don't know is which ones of these will take off. But everyone is trying to do something a little bit different. So let me give you a couple of examples. I mentioned business earlier. So so let me give you an IOTA example. So IOTA is something called a Tangle uh, chain, which is a little bit different to a blockchain. And it allows lots of... um, 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 lots of different data points to work together. So let me give you one example. So um, there's a lot of talk about self-driving cars at the moment, so um, self-driving cars or self-driving trucks. Now, I believe that self-driving trucks will come out a lot sooner than self-driving cars into mass public use. And that's because public transporting goods um, um, is a lot easier to work out routes uh, than cars that could be going anywhere. But there's also quite a big benefit for trucks to getting a chain. So if you ever see trucks on the motorway, you have a truck and then they try and line up behind each other. And the reason why they do that is from the second truck back, they actually get a 20% saving in fuel. Um, But the problem is at the moment, kind of where the train's going to be, who's going, the poor old guy in front's pulling everybody else. So he's got a negative billing impact. Everybody behind is, you know, getting a positive billing impact. So what IOTA is gonna do is gonna help communicate where the trucks are and where they're going to get them into line and get them into sync. But then that will also enable each truck further behind the line to pay the truck in front and that's gonna be the currency that does that. So it will really start to change the way that um, uh, we can get savings out of supply chain. So there are a lot of tokens here that are focusing on supply chain. And this will happen all the way down to the consumer. So, you know, think about the speed of money. So simple things like I turn my kettle on. Well, the minute you turn your kettle on, you're starting to run up a bill that you're going to have to pay in the future to the energy company. So there's a load of money in the middle there that needs to be facilitated to enable that transactions to happen. So you're, you, you know, the energy company is lending you money. And um, if you pay council tax, you your council is lending you till you pay, right? So there's this balance, checks and balances that all go Um, uh, during the month until at the end of the month you get paid so let's talk about how you get paid so if you get paid monthly it's very popular in the uk you get paid at the end of the month so in theory for a whole month you've lent your time to your employer and at the end of the month they settle the balance the reason why they do it monthly is because the cost of paying you uh, is quite high in proportion to what the salaries are now if they could pay you dynamically and for free that frees up that cash flow so um if we just think forward, I'm a I'm a very strong believer that you know in the future we will get paid dynamically. So we will go to work and we will get paid for every minute that we're working, and it will just top into our electronic wallet. And then I'll be able to use that to then pay dynamically through smart contract for my electricity, for my rent, you know, all those kind of things. I, I, you know, the minute I turn on that kettle, I'll be able to see my credit balance going down as I'm boiling the kettle you know, the speed of money is coming and it's going to happen and it will impact every single part of our, you know, part of our life. So I do want you to have a think about, you know, um, you know, what you feel is behind these projects before you invest. And, you know, if you think there's a real world use for that, right? So that's kind of where a lot of this comes from. So if you like the sound of what IOTA is doing and you think there's a real world use for it, then maybe that's a good project to invest in. But there are literally thousands uh, for you to research and they all do something different you know here's one of my favorites down here called hollow so i will definitely do a video on Holochain. Holochain is a it's a different blockchain so it's not a blockchain uh, it uses a different type of uh, technology where it only stores the cryptographic hash table in the chain and the rest of the data is stored on the users so these are powering the network not a load of miners or uh, master nodes you know the devices power the network, which makes it really, really strong and powerful, and very, very quick, and very, very cheap, and very, very scalable. But maybe it's not quite as secure for financial transactions because there's not, you know, this central checking of everything. I don't know. Maybe it is as secure, and that's kind of what they're going to launch when uh, the Holochain network comes out towards of the end, towards the end of the year. But certainly, if you're looking at return, that coin is, you know, 0.001 of a cent, right? So. You know, if that got to a dollar, you'd be laughing. You know, so a big part of this, from an investing perspective, is working out where you think you're going to get your gains and what you think is is a good um, platform. One of the things that you, we you know, can do on um, Coin Market Cap, and I want to show you this now, uh, and I will repeat a bit later, is if you do want to go and buy one of these tokens. So let's say we like Holochain. Chain. Um, I lost it now. Where was it? Um, there's holo Look. So if we want to buy Holochain, Chain, we can just click on it. We can come in and we can go to markets, so it gives us our price history down here, we can go to markets, and markets will show us where the trading is happening. So this is telling me, okay, 30% of the total volume has been traded for Ether in Binance. So, so if I want to go and buy some Holochain and I want to get a good and quick transaction, that's probably the best place to go. At the moment down here at LA Token it's trading at 1372, but on Binance it's 1192. So. That's a good place to go. I can also trade in Bitcoin and Binance too, if I want to send Bitcoin in rather than Ethereum. It's also on Hotbit, you see. So, so Coin Market Cap is good for giving you an overview, to give you a price snapshot. But also, if you do want to go and invest in a coin, you can go and see where it is. And it also has all of the links to all the places to go and read more. So there's lots of things that you can do to navigate around this world. So I said I wanted to talk about two things. So one was about... Um, um, Kind of like my view of the fact that this is the future uh but the problem is because it's very immature the market is driven by um you know optimism or fear right so so i want to give you a perfect example this morning so this morning binance for whatever reason is announced some coins that they're delisting um i don't think they've said why they're delisting it but everybody in the market assumes something's being delisted that is must be terrible It's, you know, something bad's happening. So that's called FUD, right? So people think, so so one of the coins that is being delisted uh, or announced to be delisted is Triggers. So there we go, 35% drop in a day. So if we go and look at the last day on the Triggers chart, it's gone bumbling along quite nicely at 30 cents, 30 cents, 30 cents. Binance says, by the way, we're delisting. Drop right down here to 20 cents. So it's lost 33% of its value because of one tweet from Binance. Now, we don't know why that's being delisted. You know, this particularly, I think, is for the arms buying guns or something. I mean, I say it's not a coin that I particularly know much about. So there's probably a lot of reasons why they might be delisting it. And those reasons don't have to be it's not a good investment or it's not a good coin or they think it's a scam or something like that. But you can see what sentiment does to the market. So... The thing I just wanted to say as we close is that as you start to get into this, yes, I believe this is the future. yes, I think this is the best opportunity for us to see a transfer of value or an opportunity to build it you know for our parents, it was property you know you know you could buy a house for two three thousand pound and you can't do that anymore you know, and then a lot of the younger generation won't even be able to afford their own house without a lot of external help from their parents or or you know or government schemes, for example but I think it's a big opportunity, but but um, some people just aren't built for it. If you get incredibly emotional, you know this is not the place for you. You know, wait till it's a bit more stable because you can get thirty percent gains in a day. You can get you know thirty uh, percent losses. You can get fifty percent losses. You can be eighty percent down. You know, and it can be a little bit of a rough ride. You know, and rumors check so. I gave you a negative example. Let me give you a positive example. So ZRX is being rumored to be listed on Coinbase soon. So ZRX has had a bit of a correction today, but let's look at the chart um, over the last uh, seven days. And what you'll see is there was a rumor, no confirmed rumor here could be listed on Coinbase. And it shot up from uh, 66 cents to 77 cents, literally in the space of an hour. So you can see, and look at the volume as well, look, loads of people suddenly, bit of a rumor, let's go buy. So, you know, it is a very emotional place being up and down. So you just have to prepare yourself for what the market's gonna do. Now, the best way that I say to approach this is if you are putting money in, think of it like going to the casino. You know, only put in what you're willing to lose and write it off the second you've put it in and then just try and not be emotional about it. And if it goes down, okay, that one didn't work, I might make it up somewhere else. If it goes up, Don't get too excited and be planning to buy a Lamborghini because two days later it could drop again, right? So if you're in this for the long term and you're thinking three to five years, I want to try and build a portfolio. And, you know, I wish I was I wish I'd done that with Internet companies when they were out. Think of it with like three to five years. If you invest in your ISA, you don't check the balance of your ISA every hour, you know, but you find people in crypto do kind of get like that. So you just need to prepare yourself emotionally to get involved because it's a roller coaster you know, and, um, you know, we're definitely going somewhere with it, Um, you know, whether we're going to the moon or whether we're going to, you know, go to Margate, there's going to be something left at the end, you know, it could be a lot or it could be a little, we don't know, but, you know, for a lot of people that's a big part of the fun of it, so think of it like gambling, put money in, get it written off, my biggest tip would be if you start to make some money, get it to a point where you can take out your original investment, so you're only playing with the house money, and there you there have nothing to risk.